Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. Welcome to another episode of the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. I'm your host, Dr. Barry Pierre, your favorite board certified internist, CEO and founder of PR Medical Consulting, helping you empower yourself for better health with the number one podcast for patient advocacy, affirmation, and education. Last week, we did a reintroduction to who Dr. Barry is. This week, I want to talk about the story of a black healthcare professional. Spoiler alert, it is me, yours truly, and how a TikTok comment reminded me why it's still so important to talk about the importance of being not only a physician, but a black physician and more importantly, a black healthcare professional here in this country. All right, welcome to another episode of Medicine Mondays. I am yours truly, Dr. Barry Pierre, your favorite board certified internist, host of Medicine Mondays, as well as Real Physician Reacts. This is our weekly show where we come here to kind of talk about healthcare needs, public health needs. Sometimes I talk a little business and I'm really excited to kind of have this discussion which I think is probably one of the most important discussions we need to continue to have, especially here within the Lunch and Learn community. I know if you've been following me forever, first of all, shout out, I appreciate you. And if you're new to the show and just new to the whole Lunch and Learn community, right? I want to kind of have this discussion that probably needs to be had. In 2022, we would hope that we wouldn't have to have it, but I think it's extremely important. I want to talk about the story of the black healthcare professional. And I'm going to, of course, include me in a lot of this example. And I'll, we'll talk about kind of the origin story behind it all. So I was having last week when I did my reintroduction to Dr. Barry, right? Because which I typically do at least twice a year, especially, you know, because of how active we are on social media. We get a lot of new people who join us either via a blog that they wrote. Um, that they read, an uh, infographic they may have downloaded, a video they may have saw on our YouTube page, make sure you subscribe, a podcast episode they may have listened to, or maybe I was on a guest on someone else's podcast episode. So there's definitely a lot of different ways that people kind of enter into the ecosystem of the Lunch and Learn community. And one question that I got, in fact, one one comment that I got, I was on my TikTok page and someone said, hey, you know, thank you for, you know, this information. And they noted that they were proud to see so many Black professionals on their For You page, which, again, is outstanding, something that I love seeing. And the way I kind of curate my timeline, I typically see a lot of it. But unfortunately, one of the comments to this person's comment was, what does race have to do with it? And again, in 2022, I would hope that we wouldn't be so naive to think that race isn't a huge factor. Again, if you're, unless you happen to only be listening to me and you've never seen me, you're pretty well aware that I'm a black male physician, right? It's, it's pretty obvious. Uh, and if you're watching the YouTube page, I'm actually, I actually got my, uh, my uh, Empire Stuff for Better Health with my caricature on it, just to kind of drive home the point. So I made a video response. One, I thank the person, the, the initial person to say thank you and I appreciate 
the fact that you love seeing black health professionals or black professionals in general, but definitely black professionals. And then I made a point to make a response to the person who asked, what does race have to do with it? Because I think even as I've gone, I'm a little bit over a decade since I finished graduating residency, time and time again, it comes up, right? The, the conversation comes up as far as me being a black physician, a black male physician, more importantly, and what does that mean to the brand? And what does that mean as far as me putting myself out there? And I think it's important because with the patients I take care of, with the community that my message is typically drawn for, I make it a point not to hide the fact. Like I, I know there's some business owners where there's concerns that maybe they don't look like the demographic they're serving. So sometimes they may have another figurehead kind of stand in the way, even though they're the ones kind of running everything in the background. Sorry to break your concentration. I know you're probably knee deep into today's episode, but do not forget, check out our Lunch and Learn community store, shop.drberrypierre.com. Remember to use the code EMPOWER10 and make sure you are leaving us a five-star review, especially on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thank you. Now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. But since the beginning, I wanted when I said Dr. Dr. Barry, Dr. Pierre's blog, right? Like I wanted it to be a point so that people knew that the message and the voice and the expertise behind these words, behind these videos, look like me. Like it was, it was very self-explanatory. And I gave this scenario, which unfortunately is a dream scenario in a lot of patients' world, which almost never happens, unfortunately, because something typically falls by the wayside. I said, imagine if you're a black patient who goes into the hospital, you're the sickest you've ever been. So you you finally ended up in the hospital. And while you're laying in your hospital bed, the nurse who comes to initially take care of you happens to be black. And when the nurse finishes doing what they are doing, they go and get the physician and they happen to be black. And then you get admitted to the hospital and the consultant physicians who are also seeing you also happen to be black. And then the physical therapist who is there to help you get stronger, they are black. The respiratory therapist who's there to help you breathe, let's say you have some breathing issues, they too are black. The unit secretary is black. Like I, I give this dream scenario because this is a scenario that we never typically experience even 50% of the way as a black person getting into the healthcare system one way or the other. Either you're the sick or the one you're taking care of the sick. This is a scenario we don't experience. So I know in my personal journey, when I turn that corner and I go into my patient's room and I introduce myself, hey, Dr. Barry Pierre, I'm going to be your doctor today. When my, especially for my black patients, their eyes light up and they don't light up because they're suddenly healthy and they don't need me anymore. They light up because they say, wow, I finally have someone who I think will understand what I'm saying. And that is one set of privilege that I don't think, especially those who don't feel that race has anything to do with it seem to neglect. 
that a level of culture and the connection between doctor and patient is so important. But when you're the patient and the likelihood that you're going to run into a black doctor and a black nurse and a black unit secretary and a black physical therapist and a black respiratory, like the likelihood that you're going to see all of these different professions who also happen to be black, who also may same, who also may share the same culture as you, who may share the same mannerisms as you, who may talk the same way you speak, like the the likelihood of that happened is so low that it is always surprising when someone like me turns the corner and introduces themselves as the doctor because the stereotypes and everything associated with it will have you believe that the likelihood of you seeing someone who looks like me as your physician is going to be very low. So that was kind of like the overarching response to like that comment as far as what does race have to do with it. And I just essentially said, hey, everything. It means everything in the world to a patient to see someone who they feel will listen and understand them. Now, I didn't say that they're going to be automatically the most smartest physician, smartest. I didn't say anything about that. And I can assure you, when you talk to your patients, they don't really care about that either. Like your patients, and I've, I've, I, I, I talk this, I say this a lot more to my colleagues. Your patient doesn't really care how many books you wrote. Your patients does not care if you went to the best medical school in the world or the best residency in the world, or you did a hundred different journal presentations. Your patient does not care about any of that. Your patient cares one, hey, does this doctor care about me? Does this doctor listen to me? Does this doctor understand me? And when you have the the plight of going through a system, the healthcare system as a patient, and it's a very low chance, especially depending on where you're at, it's a very low chance that you're going to run into someone who meets all of those criteria and happens to look like someone you may know, it could be very disheartening. One of the biggest reasons why I go online, and when I when I talk about my story, I, I mentioned it last week. One of the biggest reasons why I go online, not because I like t- talking, which I actually do, but it's because I know that my community needs someone who looks like me to be able to say those same things that someone else may be saying. Not saying that that me or someone else, a black professional may be much more competent than the others. But the healthcare system in general has done such a bad job as far as building a relationship, especially with the Black community, that the Black community is going to need more to try to earn that trust back. Many people will remark the Tuskegee experiment. Many people will remark the issues with Black uh, maternal fetal health. Many people will remark... Henrietta Lacks and all the other uh, research-related atrocities done to Black people. So when I come on and other my other content creators come on and, and they say, like, no, like, we understand all the stuff that happened. Not only are we here to change those things, but we're here to serve the voice as the voice for you because we know that we have been voices for a long time. And it, it does carry a burden. 
And I, I think even burden is a strong word, but there is a certain weight on your shoulders when you are the black doctor. You don't have the, you don't have the grace of just being the doctor who just kind of goes through the motions. You understand that if something were to happen, you are going to be the black doctor that created the something that happened. If something were to happen, good or bad, it's going to always be attributed to the black doctor doing it. So, and, and I remember even when you think all the way back to as a pre-med student, as a medical student, all of our actions have always had this weight that if I personally don't do what I need to do or something happens, I'm affecting not only myself personally, but there's a whole community that may now get a certain different look at themselves because of me doing it. And when you are considered the standard, when you are, when again, when you are considered just a doctor and you don't have to be considered a black doctor, Hispanic, when you're considered just a doctor, that's not a, a burden that you typically have to carry. You understand that if you fail, you fail alone. But as the black doctor, if the black doctor fails, you know that you may end up taking somebody with you. When I was in medical school, we had about seven classmates. We had a little bit more, but some of them didn't end up finishing. And I just remember thinking, man, if, if this person doesn't finish, what are they going to think about the next applicant that comes around? Like, why, unfortunately, is that a burden we have to accept? It is, it's, it's sad, to say the least, but it is a burden that we, again, I personally proudly take on. That's why I've never had any issues being able to go on any of these platforms and educate and, and state what's right, state what's wrong, uh, because I was confident that what I was saying uh, wouldn't necessarily, we, we like to say, don't embarrass the family. I was confident that what I was saying wasn't going to necessarily embarrass the family. So as we continue to move and we're, we're continuing to grow, especially as healthcare professionals, we have to kind of recognize that, yes, that's a burden that we have, but we have it because we have patients who need us. Like we have communities who are looking up to us. We have communities who, when they realize like we're their physicians, their day automatically gets brighter. Their families are automatically a little bit happier. Someone, I, I've had so many, uh, especially my older patients, uh, just stop and be, before even telling me what's wrong with them, let them know, let me know how proud they were of me just because I was here, because they understood what it meant to get to this point. Like they, they, and they did not have to know my story. And I think that's one thing when we talk about, we talk about cultural competency a lot in healthcare. Usually it's like a class or two that you got to take just to graduate. So a lot of people don't really put weight on it. And again, when I say a lot of people, it's the people who typically aren't affected by having a lack of cultural competency. But when I go through those classes, I understand what it means to again, be that black, black patient who's a diabetic and say, I have you know the sugars, right? What it means to be a patient who has hypertension 
and say, all right, I got to get rid of all the salt. Or that, that, that especially, I mean, I'm Haitian, right? So that the, even the Haitian patient um, who, when you're telling that, hey, you got diabetes, you got to let, you know, hold off on those carbs, they automatically assume that they mean no rice for the rest of their life, which again, and I'll, I'll just speak for the Haitian community right now. Telling someone who is Haitian that they can no longer have rice, ugh, it's almost like a death sentence, right? Like I've, I've been there. In fact, literally one of my spiels, whenever I have to tell one of my uh, Haitian patients um, who are newly diabetic, they says, hey, we got to we gotta go lower on the rice. I'm not saying you got to get rid of it. I'm not saying throw the rice away because I already know that's not going to happen. But I'm just saying we got to go look, right? So but that's that's that play of the, the cultural competency that comes about it. Because they may go to another physician who doesn't understand their culture, who, who they can't personally relate with. And that person says, hey, yeah, you got to go low carbs. I would cut the rice. Like, and they start saying things that aren't feasible. And that's why I feel as the, especially as the, the healthcare professional, once we get to the level that we're at, it's again, and I hate to say our, our responsibility, but it, sometimes it is our responsibility to not only support and protect our patients, but to sometimes call our colleagues out as well. If you've been following me, especially on the Real Physician React series, you know that's something I actually have no issues going, right? When if I have, if there's a, a physician who is saying some crazy stuff, I'm going to let them know, hey, the stuff they're saying is crazy. Don't listen to that person over there, right? I, I'm okay with that. But when we're seeing our people from our communities who look like us being impacted in so many different ways, if we don't say anything, right, we might as well be admitting that that's okay to do. So that was, that was getting the... That was the big concern for, for me, for this person here, because I knew, like, when they say, what does race have to do with it? They actually meant it, because they actually live in a world where if they're the standard, like, they don't understand why we even need to bring up whether a person is Black or Hispanic. Like, that for them, that means that they don't understand, but it's usually because they're the standard. And my wife, for those who may know, my wife is the CEO and founder of Autism and Black. So, and because we only focus on autism in the Black community, when we would be promoting her conference, when we'd be promoting other events that she's doing, we would again continue to see those same types of questions. Like, what is, what, why, why do we have to focus on Black? What is, like, everyone else is autistic. And it's because they just don't understand, right? And, or they, they're, they're willing they're not willing to understand that sometimes we need a message that is directly to them. Like sometimes we need a message that specifically says, hey, I'm talking to the black community uh, with this picture here. Like I've, I've, ha I've had people uh, email me and DM me that will even note that like, oh, your, your show, my, my podcast, your podcast is racist. Uh, because it only features black professionals, right? Like, again, and it's because they only see themselves as the foundation. So once you pivot and don't show them 
like something once you pivot and show them something that's outside of that norm, they go crazy. Now, mind you, I've had non-black physicians and healthcare professionals on my show, but you wouldn't know it if you asked this person here because the only thing they, they can see was the fact that I had a lot of black professionals, healthcare professionals, which I'm proud of. I'm a I am a product of the Student National Medical Association. I remember when I was just a an undergrad student at Florida State and this amazing woman who was in a career center said, hey, are you a part of any medical organization? And I was like, no. I said, should I be? And she was like, yes. And I joined MAPS. And then I eventually, when I got to medical school, I joined SNMA, right? Like it was, again, Student National Medical Association, right? Which is, again, best organization, especially, I think, and I'm biased, best student national best student organization hands down like not even close so i think that is unfortunately where we're at even in the year 2022 and the re- reason why i wanted to kind of bring it up cuz i knew i just spent a whole episode kind of reintroducing myself and letting people know hey this is who i am this is how i got here but i don't want that message because that message was a very kind of a general message you know i'm doing education i do courses i do i do all these things here but i want people to know right just in case there was any confusion that majority of my message is because i know if i'm not here like someone needs to talk to the black community and that's what i'm here to do so even if i don't specifically say hey when i'm talking about hypertension I'm really focusing on the black community. You might as well assume like, yeah, he really wants to make sure at least the black. Because if if only one community gets this, and mind you, I've got members in lunch learning community of all walks of life, uh, ages range from, I think, uh, I I know I had a couple, like, I think like 18, 19, my little young young college folks uh, up to their 50s and 60s, right? So I got a pretty wide range of people who either listen to the podcast watch us here on the YouTube channel, read blog posts, download. I got a wide range of people who do that. But if you told me I can only choose the one audience to rock with, to educate, to teach, to try to make better, again, to try to empower yourself for better health. If I only had to choose one audience, I'm going to choose my black community audience because I know that for the longest time we have been disenfranchised and not given information needed and unfortunately, we've been paying their repercussions for it. When I talk about hypertension, guess which community is affected? When I talk about diabetes, guess which community is affected? When I talk about high cholesterol, guess which community is affected? Colon cancer, prostate cancer, breast cancer. Like when you think about a disease, and again, I used to think about this all the time when I'd be in class and they'd be talking about it. And I'm like, why is it like? What is happening? Like, how is it that I'm oh, my community is affected with everything? Like, how did that come to play? And when you start again, when you start doing your diving, your, your deep diving in the history of the me- the medicine in general, you you understand why in the year 2022 people are still distrustful of go- governing organizations saying you should take a vaccine. You'll understand why in the year 2022 people are still uncomfortable for a government organization or a professional in this field telling you that hey you know what like this is medication you should take like it's it's they have absolute reason to do so and 
that's why I always stress, like, I understand why you having an issue. I understand why your distrust is there. But I want you to meet, 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 meet me here. Meet me in the middle and say, hey, you know what? If Dr. Barry is now on the other side, fighting and championing for us to get the same information that other groups get, like maybe I should, if I don't listen to anybody, let me listen to Dr. Barry, right? And that and that's the goal, right? If I, if I could walk away with anything, that has been the overarching goal for everything that we're doing here uh, within the Lunch Learn community. Like I said, we, we, our lunch community is broad, it's vast, but if you told me that, hey, Dr. Barry, you need to kind of only focus on one community, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to what I know, I'm going to go to what I love, and more importantly, I'm going to go to where I know I will have the most impact, which is, of course, the Black community. So again, that is the story of your typical Black healthcare professional. I can assure you that even though I put myself in the primary example like you could just switch me out with another black healthcare uh, professional that you know, and they probably experienced the same issues, the same concerns. They've probably seen those same patients' faces light up when they turn that corner because that's the reality of where we're at, especially here in this country, especially here in the year 2022. So I'm yours truly, Dr. Barry Pierre. I'm gonna see you guys next week. Make sure you are subscribed to the channel. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Uh, make sure you're following the blog, get on the email list, do whatever you need to do, but make sure uh, you continue to follow along on this journey as we work to empower yourself for better health. Thank you for getting to the end of the episode. I am yours truly, Dr. Barry Pierre, favorite board certified internist. Like always, remember to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a five-star review, and more importantly, share this to at least to the five of your friends and family members that you know that could be empowered with the words that you heard today. Again, so appreciative of all you guys' support. See you guys next week.